This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Well, hello there, Manchester City fans. I hope you're all doing really well. It is Connor McGilligan here, your multimedia producer and host for the Talking City podcast. We're here. Well, it's match day. It's the end of the transfer window. A mass amount of days where City have been dealing and they've done an exceptional job, haven't they? I mean, we can all look at the dealings that they've done throughout the window. Taylor Howard Bellis was one that went yesterday um, on, on deadline day. We saw Tommy Doyle depart for Wolverhampton Wanderers as well. We saw Cole Palmer the day before for... <laughs> a ridiculous fee, go to Chelsea and City have dabbled in the market in a very, very exemplary way. I think a lot of fans were a little bit nervy as to whether or not they'll get Matias Nunes over the line or whether or not Eberiche Eze would be a signing. Well, City have gone and got the energetic, the dynamic, the impressionable Matias Nunes. And when I say impressionable, that's the key thing really because I think Pep Guardiola is going to be able to elevate this guy. This guy's game to another level and that's something that is very very encouraging for every single Manchester City fan so did City win the window well I think they did you know a lot had to happen Bernardo Silva had to stay which he has done Gundogan had to be replaced and with the Kevin De Bruyne injury it made things a little bit more complicated but coming out of the window you know you've managed to really acquire some targets who in my opinion, could could really take City to that next level. I think Kovacic was a very astute signing when you when it comes to experience. Obviously, Real Madrid, Chelsea, Croatia, but it's that experience in that midfield which is going to be able to calm others around him down. And he's already elevated his game, as we've mentioned several times. You've got Gavardiol, who, in my opinion, has been getting better and better every single game. Jeremy Doku, who we've not even spoken about, who is just that raw pace and you know, could play on the left, definitely. Obviously, he's well more versed on the right and he's just out and out pace. And I've mentioned several times him and Carl Walker would be a frightening, frightening combination on that right-hand side. And as I sit here, as in, you know, as, as the sun is beaming down on the on the Manchester skyline, it's a good, it's a good period, isn't it? It's a good period of time for Manchester City. It's a good era it's a good age and, and you've, you're seeing it right now that Pep Guardiola is redefining what Manchester City is a lot of the old guard have moved on and, and you know will be moving on in the future but this part of the rebuild this part of the rejuvenation and regeneration of this City squad has gone in a very very nice and timely fashion they didn't panic the right outgoings went you know left the club and they've also got the correct income in. So I think it's been a really, really, really good window for Man City and, and something that we should all take as, as, as a real positive. And yeah, um, let's get into today's game anyway. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. So everybody, Fulham, Fulham at home, three o'clock, Saturday, three o'clock. We don't say that many times as as, as uh, City correspondents, journalists. It's normally on a Sunday or it's normally a Saturday evening. And this is going to be an interesting one. You know, Phil Foden showed what a game changer he can be, even sort of with illness. Uh, so surely, in my opinion, and a couple of our writers' opinions, he deserves a start against Fulham to show what he really can do. Uh, Kovacic, as we mentioned previously in the transfer discussion, has slotted in pretty seamlessly to the Man City midfield and can continue to grow his partnership with with Rodri. Manu Akanji was another player missing previously, but he, he's working his way back to full sharpness. I don't think at this moment in time with his City back line, they need to really rush. And the four defenders did a very, very good job against Sheffield United. You know, Walker is improving, as we've seen in that dual role, covering the right flank. And let's see him have a go- another go here when we when we look a little bit more offensively. Jack Grealish linked up excellently and, and cons- consistently continues to link up well with Erling Haaland. And obviously, Julian Alvarez has performed very well in the matches, uh, in previous matches against Fulham. So it could be worth starting him. Jeremy Doku and Matthias Nones will be definitely hoping for some minutes in this one. Jeremy Doku in particular. And for this one, everybody, I'd be going with Edison in that. Um, I have actually gone with the exact same team as, as Simon Baikowski. I've gone Walker, Diaz, Ake, Gavardiol at the back. In midfield, I've gone Rodri, Foden and Kovacic as a midfield three. And then I've got Alvarez just um, just on that right-hand side, Haaland in the middle and Grealish on the uh, on the other side as well. And that obviously can be tempered and manipulated with the City, with the city depth that they now have, which is absolutely excellent. I'd just drop Bernardo for this one. There's no need to, to push him. Um, but there is definitely a place for Bernardo in this side, as we all know. If you were to sort of slot him in, maybe you'd just uh, relieve relieve either Foden or Alvarez of the duties in there. But yeah, that's, that'll be my team for the Fulham game. But guys, what we're going to do right now is we're going to pass you over to Lilo. His press conference was yesterday and we're going to head on over there and figure out the team news for who exactly is available and what's in his mind for this Fulham game. We'll pass you over now. Hola Juan, ¿puedes ponernos al día la situación con la condición de los jugadores Phil Foden, Manuel Akanji y John Stones? ¿Cómo están? Right now, Phil is completely recovered from his illness. Manu is... Manu's problem was more for prevention, it wasn't anything serious. He's more or less there, and John, we're more or less there as well. Any other problems? Algunas, algunas otras problemas con el equipo. No, with Bellac we're okay, but you know we're still we're still fine. No we're okay. It's not decisive, you know. Okay. Preparando para este partido como contra Fulham, el club está trabajando con transferencias. Seguramente te vamos a preguntar sobre esto. Pero sobre este partido, cómo estás preparando para este partido? Bueno. 
Pues igual, igual que en el anterior, it's the same as the previous game, Pep con más but with, with Pep, you know, with more, with more energy, there would be more energy with Pep. En pleno contacto, We're in complete contact with Pep all the time. Compartidas porque no, we share as well. We share our responsibility. He always likes to share. We have our roles very well defined by him and we continue on the right path. But seguir interviniendo. But he obviously continues to intervene to, to... We're not quite finished in our preparation for the game. Gracias. Thank you. Andy at the top, please, Hola Juanma, uh, Hola, just Juanma. on Pep, how is he? Hablando de Pep, ¿cómo está Pep? ¿Has hablado con él esta semana? ¿Está bien? ¿Con ganas de que vuelva? Hablo con mucha regularidad. I speak con él. very regularly no solo, with him. No solo por la cuestión. Not just in footballing terms, professional terms. Está mucho mejor. He's much, much está better. Mucho mejor y He's a lot, lot better. Como deben. Things are taking place the way that they should do. And muy feliz por I feel really happy todos to hear that. Muy well, all of us sí, feel sí. delighted. Muchas ganas de que esté we are vuelta. really, Muchísimas. really looking forward to him getting back. We can't wait. La noticia sobre el fichaje de Mateus Núñez está completada. ¿Va a estar disponible para jugar contra el Fulham? Todavía no, 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 no lo sé. I still don't know. Que, la, que, está, que, va ser, eh, que va a ser jugador de City. Es I know that he's going to be a si City player, but if he's going to be available, I still don't know. I don't have that information. Has um, Mateus Nunes uh, Mateus Nunes ha entrenado hoy? ¿Va a entrenar hoy? No, 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 no. Todavía no. No, he still won't be training. Um, you've let some... Has dejado algunos jugadores claves ir. Cole Palmer es uno de ellos que se ha ido. ¿Qué tan triste están como club verle irse del club? ¿Y cuál es el mensaje para él? No, no, yo mensajes no hay. Well, I'm not going to don't need to send messages out, but this is the reality. We can't. Cuesta mucho ir en contra de it's la voluntad de los jugadores. Cuando un jugador se quiere ir, cuesta mucho ir. Y estimando que el club le parezca la operación. You know, and obviously we have to work out the operation that has value for the club as well. On the other side, there's a, there's a pride that these kind of young players keep creating players upon players. They're starting to, you know, give life to the rest of the country within Chelsea. It's, we have to be pride and satisfied as a club. Manchester City have done this. And to deny a footballer the opportunity to do what he wants to do is very, very difficult. Can I just ask one final one about Joao Cancelo? Puedo preguntar sobre Joao Cancelo porque se ha hablado muchísimo de esto, especulación sobre su futuro. Obviamente, la fecha límite es esta noche. Esperas que sigue siendo jugador de Manchester City para el partido contra Fulham? Preguntarme puedes preguntar lo que yo no te puedo dar es una contestación. O sea que claro que me puedes preguntar, pero no. La verdad es que no tengo nada que añadir. Por encima yo estaba en el entreno, acabo de terminar, vengo, pero de verdad que no, no tengo nada que poder te ayudar. Algo más antes del embargo. Yeah, really interesting press conference from Lilo there. Um, some quotes that that we that stood out for me was each player is different in the process. You can't establish a middle ground. Some develop quickly, some uncover their talent a little bit later. When he was asked about Cole Palmer going to Chelsea, the club creates a lovely atmosphere coming from the manager at the top, and that is the path that we need to take. He was also asked um, if it was going to be difficult for City to hold on to their best young players in the light of Palmer's exit. 
And Lilo uh, said Pep has always shown this in terms of what the player wants. It needs to fit with what the club wants, the management. If it doesn't fit with the club, it won't happen. We won't get involved. What a young player wants, it's difficult to say if they want to go. I can only say the club is managing the young players well. So this is this. I think this is really key from Lilo and something that I picked out because... You know, you've you've got to look at this team and you've got to look at the makeup of it now and think to yourself, there's a real good balance. There's a real good, as I mentioned previously, a real good dynamic between the youngsters and the the first team. You know, you got Oscar Bob, who they didn't want to loan out. Is he going to feature a little bit more heavily? We all saw James McAtee move on. Um, obviously, Taylor Harwood Bellis as well. But when it comes to Man City, they feel like they've got the correct balance there, which is going to aid Pep Guardiola. And they don't do the, any of this without getting the signed sealed agreement of the man in charge who we all know is the gaffer Pep Guardiola so yeah that's definitely something to take into consideration it's great that the club are feeling very very confident with what's gone on and and City are there for the quadruple now you know the the treble has been done the quadruple is now on and, and another win is hopefully going to come in the form of, of Fulham today against Fulham today so real real positives there and guys what we're going to do now previously um, we were just speaking about Lilo we've spoken about the transfer window we're going to speak, be speaking about about this all over on Monday on the Talking City podcast. But what I'm going to do now is I'm going to pass you over to our chief Manchester City writer, Simon Baikowski, who's going to give you a preview to the Fulham game from his perspective. We're then going to be here with another press conference after the game, post-match, all this sort of good stuff, giving you the analysis of Manchester City's hopeful win against Fulham. We'll pass you over to Simon now. Manchester City are back at the Etihad Stadium today. They take on Fulham in the Premier League and it is a City who are the only team with a 100% record in the division still. That comeback against Sheffield United uh, when they conceded a late equaliser and then Rodri slapped in that winner in the 88th minute means that they have won three games from three and they're looking to make it four from four here today. Um, This is the final game before the September international break. So this game will kind of determine the mood um, of the the team and the club around the club uh, going into the next fortnight but it's been a positive start to the season on the pitch and City have concluded a pretty successful transfer window off it um, they've lost Gundogan and Mares and Laporte and Cole Palmer who's secured a 42.5 million move to Chelsea but they brought in uh, Gvardiol They've got Kovacic and they now have Doku and Nunez as well. Doku and Nunez haven't yet played for the club. They will be hoping for their first minutes today. Um, Kovacic already settled in, Gvardiol settling in. Um, So the only real question for City is, have they got enough depth on the bench with letting McAtee go out on loan, with letting Palmer go, um, with De Bruyne injured? How deep is their bench? We normally see a lot of graphics about how much Man City's bench cost, but uh, we might be seeing this season a few more times than failing to fill the bench, so we will have to see about that. But it looks a fairly routine game for City against Fulham today, but last season it did look like that, and then Fulham got a penalty, Cancelo was sent off, and it needed a last-minute winner from Erling Haaland off the bench, so City will be hoping for a little less drama today. Well, City fans, on a rare sunbaked day at the Etihad, a 5-1 victory, a Haaland hat-trick and an imperious result for the citizens. 
What a day. What a day for all involved with Manchester City. It's another win. It's City. Apparently, they were going to have a slow start. Arsenal, Liverpool, Man United fans saying that City were going to have problems. It's going to be a slow start. Arsenal are going to get off to a fast start with Declan Rice and Timber and all the new signings. Well, they've had a bit of a stagnant start when it comes to draws and City have just been absolutely consistent. They've been absolutely ferocious when it's come to getting points on the board and it's been the first proper mauling today. 5-1, a second half, which was fantastic. Missing Jack Grealish as well. A controversial goal in Nathan Ake, but Foden was very good, I thought. Do- uh, Doku was all right for his first appearance as well, but the standout man has got to be Erling Haaland, of course, who was just... I mean, it's getting boring now, isn't it? It's getting boring, the amount of goals this guy scored, but it's, it's perfect. Man City are perfect at this moment in time. It's just getting better and better every single week, but why? you don't need me to explain everybody I'm going to pass you over to Lilo who was glowing about the result today we're then going to have a post-match review from Tyrone Marshall who is available at the Etihad right now and then we're going to reel off for the night we're going to leave you guys alone we're going to be back with the Talking City podcast on Monday discussing everything Manchester City including transfer windows including this result and the projection going ahead for Manchester City guys I'll hand you over to Lilo Sí, dos preguntas. Primeramente, ¿cómo viste el segundo gol, el gol polémico, eh, el gol de, obviamente, cuando Akin marcó de, de cabeza? Y el por segundo, segunda pregunta es, es si Jack Grealish va a estar en condiciones para jugar con la selección. Voy a empezar por la segunda, okay. que es más fácil. I'm going to start the second, it's a bit easier. Es, es difícil que Jack esté en condiciones, por, por, por cómo refiere pero yo no soy médico y me costaría explicaroslo bien. I mean it's going to be difficult it's difficult um will be difficult for Jack to be able to make it you know for that for that national team um call up but I'm not a doctor and it'd be difficult for me to explain. Y con respecto a la primera pregunta es eh, es bueno que haya ocurrido dos situaciones parecidas nosotros contra Sheffield y ahora y Allí nos explicaron, porque a nosotros también nos parecía que esa situación era offside, nos explicaron que al no estar tan en la línea del balón, no era offside. Entonces, claro, hoy todavía estaba menos en la línea de la pelota nuestro jugador, Manu, con lo cual, eh, digamos que eh, en este cabe menos dudas, quizá, que en el que, en el que tuvimos contra Sheffi, pero la explicación que nos dieron fue esa. No, no. No te puedo decir más. Es una cuestión de, de aclarar las reglas. So, with regard to the first question, um, it's good that this happened because two similar things have now happened. A similar thing happened against Sheffield United. And now when they gave us their explanation, they said, um, we thought it was offside in that game as well. And when they gave us uh, our ex- their explanation, they said that um, it's about being in line with the ball. And on that occasion, against Sheffield I think that, that, or I believe today, that our player, Manu in this case, was less in line with the ball than against Sheffield United. That was the explanation they gave us. You know, I can't tell you any more than that. But it needs to be clear. It needs to be cleared up. Yeah. Um, could I just ask for an analysis of Erling Haaland? Because it probably wasn't one of his better games, but he still ends up with a, a very good hat-trick. And also... After missing a penalty last week, was there a thought to take Erling away from the penalty taking when you got the penalty? 
Sí, dos preguntas sobre Erling Haaland. Primeramente, no tuvo su mejor rendimiento hoy, pero aún así marca tres goles. Y también, segunda pregunta, es sabiendo que falló el penal la, el, la semana pasada, ¿fue alguna duda de no ponerle de nuevo como el que iba a tirar ese penalti hoy? También voy a empezar por la segunda, que es más fácil. I'm going to start with the second on this case, because it's a bit easier. Eh, Erling has hecho demasiados goles de penal como para que tenga dudas si tirar el siguiente después de fallar. Creo que hasta en el mismo partido lo hubiese tirado y encima con la personalidad que tiene más. Se lo ha ganado. Además, no lo tiró mal el otro día. ¿eh? Le pegó fuerte y abajo, se fue al palo, pudo hasta haber pegado palo y entrar. So first and foremost, Erlin Haaland um, is, you know, a strong character. He's, he's gonna, there was no doubts in our mind that he was going to take that penalty. You know, he's, he scored many goals from penalties. And in fact, if we'd got another penalty in the previous game, we'd have also given it him because he's won that right to take the penalties. And in fact, the penalty he took last weekend wasn't a bad penalty. He hit it low, it, it came off the post. You know, those, those penalties can easily go post and in. Y con respecto a... A la primera pregunta, eh, hoy, sobre, en la primera mitad, el equipo no estaba bien, no estaba fresco con la pelota, no estaba dúctil, el rival le duró el balón mucho tiempo y nos hizo descender mucho, con lo cual no es partido fácil para nadie, pero para un 9 de estas características sí cabe más, pues es difícil encontrar el momento de participar. De hecho, en el descanso, se lo he comentado, no es fácil el partido para un delantero tus características pero tú puedes no hacer un buen partido pero sin embargo ayudarnos con el gol y mira no hizo uno hizo tres so yeah in respect to the first question you know today in the first half uh, none of the team played well you know we didn't find that freshness in our play our opponents kept the ball well and that made it difficult for us so it would have been difficult for any number nine in that game particularly with the characteristics that Erling has you know I said to him in the halftime break I said this, this is not an easy game for us particularly with the, with the type of player you are but you can still help us by scoring and didn't, didn't just score one he scored three Sam bueno, ¿cómo afectan al juego del City la dupla de, de Haaland y Alvarez? Porque realmente marcaron la diferencia hoy entre, dentro de Alavés, pero tal vez fuera les cuesta un poco. ¿Qué aportan al equipo y tal vez quitan algo o no? Normalmente, eh, el contexto absorbe a cualquier jugador por muy bueno que pueda ser. Entonces, a los que juegan por dentro, si cabe más. Ellos tienen características de orientar el juego más hacia, las, hacia la portería que hacia el propio juego. Entonces, si el equipo no se encuentra dando esa cantidad de pases que los acerca a ellos, todavía les resulta más difícil. Julián... Eh, eh, no le falta la condición para agredir siempre, siempre está presto y Erling, y Erling también entonces creo que afecta a la globalidad eh, mucho a las características de ese tipo de, de ese tipo de jugador So first and foremost the question was congratulations on the victory you know how much um, 
is the team affected by when you play both Alvarez and Erling Haaland on the pitch? And does it, in fact, sometimes take anything, take something away from the team? And the answer was, you know, it's normal. Players are kind of absorbed by the context of a game. Players that tend to play inside more uh, kind of suffer more from this. Players that look to score goals are affected when the team aren't able to get passes to them. But, you know, both, both of them have conditions and, and Alvarez has conditions to play on the inside as well. So I, I think, and Erling as well, I think what affected us today was the overall performance of the team and that had an impact on those two players. We'll do Simon and Simon before the embargo. Hello, one, Matt. Um, two wins uh, from two games as a Premier League manager. Have you enjoyed the experience? And, or will you be happy to step back and become Pep's assistant? Entendiste la pregunta, pero dos, dos victorias en dos partidos. ¿Has disfrutado de ese rol de, de dirigir equipo o estás deseando yo, que vuelva? A yo quiero que esté Pep. Yo quiero estar con, con Pep al lado. Y hasta, no, aparte, Pep ha estado muy presente hoy nuevamente en todo el partido. Hemos estado hablando con él antes del, antes del partido, en el durante del partido y hasta en el después. O sea, no, como la otra vez, Pep, Pep sigue, sigue siempre presente. Me alegra, me alegra. Eh, que el equipo haya seguido ganando pero no más más eh, que, que en otras condiciones exactamente lo mismo pero lo he hecho lo he hecho en falta lo he hecho en falta lo he hecho de menos so I want Pep here you know um, although he was present with us today you know he was always talking with us he spoke to us before during and after the game uh, just like last time you know obviously I'm delighted that the team have continued to win uh, <coughs> but not in these particular circumstances you know um, we need him here and you know I miss him Two questions on Pep. He's so, on the touchline. He's so um, expressive, and he, he's always talking and saying things. What's he like when he's getting messages to you, and are you tempted to just ignore him for a bit? And also with Harlan, he's got so many goals last season. I think most people thought that he can't get to that level again, but he's got the same amount that he got in his first four games last season. Can he get? Sí, dos preguntas. Primeramente sobre Pep. Cuando vemos Pep ya en la línea de banda, está muy animado, está charlando con los jugadores, hablando con los jugadores. ¿Cómo es cuando te está hablando por teléfono? ¿Y tienes ganas de decirle, ignorarle a veces porque no, está hablando tanto? No, no, para nada. No, muy, refle muy reflexivo. No, 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 no. Muy reflexivo. Eh, al, no estar, al no estar viviendo la situación in situ todavía, es más fácil estar eh, reflexivo. Y comentamos las cosas como cuando estamos en el banquillo, debatimos eh, en, buscando lo que entendemos que es lo mejor, ¿no? evidentemente, pero sigue manteniéndose el debate entre, entre los que estamos para buscar algo conjunto, porque Pep hace muy participativos a todos los que estamos a su alrededor. No, so this is answer to the first question. Um, no, he's, he's very reflexive and, and he reacts to what's happening, and even more so now he's stepping away from things. What we do is we, we comment on how the game's going. We debate in the same way we would do if he's here in person. You know, and we look for a way to find together that um, way of, of moving on and, and finding a way during uh, the game. Y la segunda pregunta era sobre Erling Haaland. Um, obviamente, marcó muchos goles el año pasado. La gente pensaba que era un fenómeno que no podía marcar más goles. En este momento ha marcado la misma cantidad de goles después de esos cuatro partidos. ¿Crees que puede llegar a tener el mismo nivel del, del el año anterior? En cuanto al número de goles, este chico ha metido, nació metiendo goles, creo, ¿no? Morirá metiendo goles. 
lo lleva a eso, yo creo que es que, que no nos va a sorprender que llegue. Pero tampoco pasaría nada porque no llegara a esas cifras. Hoy también, al final, el primer gol lo asiste él, ¿no? Luego ha metido otra pelota profunda, no me acuerdo a quién, que ha acabado en situación de gol. Es una que ha bajado a recoger. O sea, al final también está siendo importante en otras acciones que no son solo el gol. No sería justo tampoco reconocer a Erling exclusivamente en sus cifras. A mí si hay algo que me parece, ya no de ahora, sino de antes, yo admiraba más su inteligencia que sus cifras, curiosamente, desde que lo conocía en el Salzburgo. So it's, this, this guy was born scoring goals and he'll go through his whole life scoring goals. So it'll be no surprise if he manages to get those same figures as last time. But it doesn't matter if he doesn't. You know, today as well, he's, he's great at um, uh, providing play for other, for other players today. I think he gave one assist. Also, he put a goal, ball through to a player at a certain point in the pitch. I can't remember who that was. So he has this importance as well to other players. It's not just about uh, scoring goal. You know, I'm more impressed by other figures as well, not just his, what, however he ends up on the scoring charts. And it was someone that I admired uh, from before as well. I'd always looked at the, his intelligence as well as his goal-scoring stats. Good afternoon from the Etihad, where Manchester City have continued their perfect start to the Premier League season. Four wins out of four, beaten Fulham 5-1 this afternoon. Uh, unconvincing as far as 5-1 wins go, you would say, but it shows what City can do on their day. They can not play well and particularly sluggish first half. Erling Haaland not in the game and they can still run out 5-1 winners with Erling Haaland getting a hat-trick. 38 goals in 28 games for him now for City at the Etihad. 6-4 in the league this season and he's just picked up where he left off last season and, and City's start is, is fantastic, really. The fixture list always looked inviting. Uh, it's the first time they've won four in a row to start the league season since Guardiola's first season, which given they normally pick up form a couple of months into the season, is, is pretty ominous for the rest of the league, as was this result, really. Um, like I say, a very slow start, a very sluggish start. There was a debut for, for Jeremy Doku, a pretty attacking team. Vardy on the bench, um, Bernardo Silva on the bench as well, and Foden starting. But City really struggled to build momentum first half, passes going astray. Midway through the first half, a little bit of frustration. They were just starting to get get a bit more control in the game. Uh, Foden and Docker would switch wings, Foden onto the right, and that kind of sparked them into life and, and got that first goal. Some, some good play from Akanji, a great ball from Kovacic. Uh, Haaland looked like he was having a shot, I would say, um, but it fell on a plate for Alvarez, who, who tucked it away. The, the lead lasted um, minutes, really. It was, it was straight up the other end of the corner for Fulham. Poor marking. Jimenez got shot away. Uh, Ducked over Reed, flicked it on, or tapped it on, and... Edison made the save, but Tim Ream was unmarked a yard out just to, to tap the ball home and, and equalise. And it looked like he was going to stay that way until half-time. And the, the incident of controversy, is, as much as there can be in a 5-1 game, and it certainly, you know, it, it changed the game a little bit. You have to say that it was a Phil Foden corner, Nathan Aki, no one near him. It's terrible marking. Um, headed home, goal was given. But on replay, it was clear that Akanji was in an offside position and might have been trying to get out of the way of the ball, but he almost swung a leg at it. It, it did alter Berdolano's dive and, and when he could dive for it. Um, but it went to VAR, which decided he wasn't interfering with play. Fulham were absolutely furious. Um, briefly, look, they refused to even kick off. The players had seen the replay on the big screen. Marco Silva was, was furious, but the goal was given. And, um, and, and, and that kind of changed the game, really. And Erling Haaland, hat-trick, second half. Like Lilo had said to Haaland in the first uh, half-time, he said that it, it wasn't a great game for him. It was difficult for them to get the ball to him, but he could still help the team and help them he did with that hat-trick. Scored a penalty after missing last week. Uh, him and Alvarez combining really well in the second half. 
They, that looks a really potent partnership at the moment. Alvarez replacing De Bruyne, and he's obviously a different player to De Bruyne, but it gives City another threat. He was creative with, with an assist today. Um, some, some really good kind of third-man runs and runs beyond Haaland that the defence struggled to deal with in. And that looks a potent partnership and, and a real area of threat for City and their, their goal scoring with Haaland remains unrivaled. Uh, Lilo come in the press conference after the game again and said of the goal, he compared it to the one that Sheffield United scored last week when Jaden Bogle scored and, and Ollie McBurney was in an offside position. Uh, City's explanation, or the explanation City got for that, was that it's due to whether the player is, is standing in line of the ball, basically. And Lilo felt that McBurney was more in line with the ball uh, than Akanji was today and, and both goals both goals were given so I guess that's consistency in a way uh, it's fair to say Marco Silva did not agree he was very angry in his post-match press conference said anyone who has played football or, or watched football at any kind of level is 100% sure that is not a goal you would probably have to agree with him really I think every team would want that against him Haaland Erling Haaland has, has done a TV interview post-match and said he would have been furious if that goal was given against City and I think you can, you can see the point and, and like I say Marco Silva was was very disappointed and very angry post-match that it had been given. It, it was when, when VAR had seen the replay, he found it incomprehensible, really, how it had been disallowed, and it clearly did affect the game. I think City would have won anyway. There's no doubt about that. I'm not sure whether they won five-one, um, but you know it was terrible timing for Fulham to concede that goal and, and go behind again. But for City, it was job done. Four wins out of four, two wins for two for for Lilo. He was asked post-match whether he was quite enjoying being in charge, but said he wanted Pep back, said he was missing Pep. Uh, Guardiola again in communication with the bench throughout today. Had uh, spoke to the players before, during, and the coaches after the game, um, and had a hand in, in kind of everything City did. He's due back after the international break, so at the moment we're expecting uh, Juan Melillo's reign in charge should be two games and, and two wins, and he's done his job. A, a convincing win for City, four wins out of four to start the Premier League season. The only team with a 100% record. It's looking good already. It's looking ominous for their rivals, especially with Ernie Haaland in, in this kind of form. And uh, another, another very good day for City. And that's all for now from the Etihad.